So I watched this movie on Netflix. It's the, the first Dutch movie on Netflix called The Klaus Family. The okay. first one? The first Dutch movie? Yeah, it's supposed to be the first on Netflix. They're like, okay. oh, oh, it's the first foreign Dutch film on Netflix. Anyways, it's called The Klaus Family. It's about this little kid, and his grandfather is Santa, okay? Okay. The first thing this kid says to his grandfather, who is Santa, is, I hate Christmas. Ooh. Because his dad died on Christmas. I'm like, all right, sure, fine. Anyways, no. Santa has this snow globe. And if he shakes the snow globe and turns a knob, he can appear anywhere in the world, right? And you're like, okay, that magic makes sense. I'm understanding what's going on. Right. That's how Santa gets around. But then, when you go to Santa's workshop, it's a tiny-ass cabin mm. in the middle of nowhere. And he has four elves. And the elves are... The size of a soda can. And I'm like, how does he have only four elves that are helping him sort all of these toys? And then he's flying all around the world with this stupid little device. I feel like he can't deliver all the presents in one day. It's like they came up with this fun magic, but the magic doesn't make sense for him to be able to get everywhere all at once. Jared? Yes? We're talking about Headhunter today. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Indie Film Review. Um, that is Jared over there talking about some fucking weird Dutch movie. I don't understand! Um, <laughs> I don't even watch Netflix. That's how that's how ahead Whoa. of the curve I am. Anyway, we like to watch independent films here. My name is Dan, of course. Um, I'm your second co-host. Mm. In that order, it's Jared, first co-host, Dan, second co-host. Mm. And everybody mm. knows there's benefits and detriments to each position, you know? <laughs> First That's player. why I'm allowed to just open with a non sequitur and just ramble for a while. Exactly. First. But that's why I get the blue shell, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To knock me out of first place. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it's indie film review. Or it's, it's, yeah, we're we going to independently review independent films. <laughs> yeah, all the women, they be independent. Mistake. We're going to make you independent, listeners. You better be uh, independent, listeners. You don't need no man in your life. from this podcast. <laughs> Uh, Dan, what movie did we watch? We watched you a said film it, called it The Headhunter. And Hell yeah. boy, oh boy, was it a interesting hour and 15 minute movie. I was so mm. impressed by that runtime. So basically, there's this headhunter. Mm-hmm. He is a medieval headhunter. He, 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 in, I guess, headhunter in this um, scenario in this this mythology, this fantasy film. It's a it's a fantasy horror film, and he is kind of like the the go to guy for the the king of this this castle that's kind of isolated from everything. And like every time a horn goes off, there's a monster to be hunted. This head hunter goes out. He hunts the head. He comes back and he puts the head on in his collection. Now, mm -hmm. along the way, he has a daughter in the very beginning and we learn that the daughter has died. That's not a spoiler, yes. that's kind of what that's the exigence. That's what makes the movie go. So, his daughter died to a monster and the whole movie is him wanting to find revenge on this monster that killed his daughter. Now, the headhunter is also somewhat of a uh, apoc uh, apothecary or an alchemist of sorts <laughs> because he has these th this concoction that he he makes out of i don't fucking know like decaying animal bones mm -hmm. and it is mm -hmm. able to revive his wounds in in battle yeah. and that's all Much we need like to know santa so when he goes and visits someone's home and he drinks those milk and cookies 
the headhunter also Dude. visits monsters' homes so, okay. and murders them. Hold on. And then takes their blood and bones and rubs it on his face. Quick aside, Continue. Jared. Yes. So this headhunter, he had long hair and a, and a beard. And the long hair and the beard was brown, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what if... Now, don't, don't poo-poo this just yet. Santa has white hair and a white beard. And we know that um, Santa uh, is older. And we know that yes. as you get older, your hair turns colors to, to white, right? So what if this headhunter... Is going to be Santa in the future. <laughs> Maybe. What if you our know, current Santa Claus has <laughs> years worth of blood on his hands? This is the first medieval Santa, if you really think about it. If you really expand your mind. Yeah, instead, right, of, so anyways, instead of bringing presents, he brings decapitated monsters to fuck children. Yeah. Well, okay, what if your whole town was being attacked by a, a river troll, alright? Wouldn't that be a great Christmas gift if... If a man came with his decapitated head and said, hey, look, all your kids won't get gobbled up anymore. That's a real Christmas treat. Where I think I'd cut down Christmas? a tree for that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man, this, this episode might be dropping around Christmas, so I'm sorry that it's going to be a very dark one <laughs> now that I'm realizing it, but, um, it's, it's, it's going to be a fun ride. I promise. Hey Dan, yeah. questions for you. Yes, please. Uh, this, this film has very little dialogue. How did you feel about that? It was perfect. Why do you need dialogue with one dude? The the film is about one dude. Okay. So normally not, uh, dialogue advances narrative, right? Mm-hmm. It's how we get from one story to the next. But the camera work in this film was so great and the editing was so great that you didn't need dialogue to advance the mm-hmm. narrative. It was all, I, I don't know, I think they did a really good job of making the camera a narrator in this film. I would also say that the music helps yes, a lot guide you. Um, even within the first scene of him in the snow and he's just kind of like zoning out in the snow and then, uh, he kind of snaps awake when he hears like a a creaking in the woods and that, I mean, this is not a spoiler. This is like the first minute of the film and he slowly walks. There's like this wide shot of him and he slowly walks off screen, kills whatever the monster is and then walks back onto the screen and I'm like, this is fucking fantastic. Now, Jared, that, I love this that so leads, much. That leads into my question. Sure. Um, what Jared just described is basically the entire movie. Like, we understand mm-hmm. that there is monsters out there, but all we get is him leaving and him coming back injured. So how mm-hmm. did you feel about not seeing the monsters until, I mean, kind of the very end? And even then, you don't really see that many monsters. Yes, um, so there are a lot of mythological creatures either talked about, implied, you see them in shadow, you see them sparingly. You see and them that drawn because, on paper. Yes, this is an independent film, and uh, I think this movie is gorgeous, and the set so design too. is gorgeous, and the costumes are fucking fantastic, and they did what they could. The and guy's I cabin think, is my favorite part of the movie. Oh my God, that set is amazing. It's so good. I I believe that because of those restraints, it made this movie better. Mm-hmm. Because um, then if you actually had to have fight scenes, you'd have to choreograph them and make sure they don't look like dog shit. And they were more worried about like, okay, well, we have what we have. 
let's try to show it sparingly. And that led to a more uh, creepy and disturbing atmosphere mm-hmm. and uh, a more like sense of dread of the unknown, which is what happens in a lot of these older films, too, right? Where it's like, okay, uh, you know, we don't really have a lot of money to show Jaws that much. So, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. we don't have a lot of money to show this monster. So let's show him, like, let's put a lot of shadow on him. Like, let's not really show him that much. And that, I think that really helps in this movie. I enjoyed it immensely, if you can't tell. Going back to the narrative, amazing. too. Like, I'm thinking about the narrative as a whole and the twists and turns that this narrative takes without dialogue. Again, mm-hmm. the fact that this film literally has no dialogue in it, or maybe... Like the, the amount of dialogue that you hear in this film could be a half page long, if that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the fact that there are twists and turns in this film, in the narrative, it's it's beyond me. It's crazy. It, it, like I, I'm already praising the hell out of this film. Uh, I, I have a question for you. Yes, Dan. At any point were you bored in this film? No. And I want you to be honest. No. And okay. that's that's really interesting for me to say because there there are some times whenever it's very very slow. Yes, there's a lot of there's certain points where you're just watching a man walking around and there's creepy shit going on like in the background and you're like, oh, but all right. but what's <laughs> awesome once I realized that there was no dialogue in the film, I had to start building the story in my head by looking at things. So mm-hmm. that made me not bored. That's why I love the guy set so much his, his, his mm-hmm. shack because I paid attention to every single detail of that shack because I could. So mm-hmm. lack of dialogue allows you to do that. That being said, uh-huh. the amount of time it takes to get to the end and the antagonist, you're like, Oh my God, it's the slowest burn. It's one of those mm-hmm. awesome slow burn movies. And, you know, you you are rooting for this guy the whole time. Not yet, not yet. But here's what I'll say. So, the camera work carries Beautiful. this movie. Yes. And and not even in a bad way, because I, I enjoyed almost every, as- like every aspect of this movie. I enjoyed every aspect of it. But the reason I say the camera work is, like, there are times where the director knows, okay, we need to pull out and do such a wide mm-hmm. shot. To mm-hmm. give that sense of isolation, like when he's holding the torch and he's just looking around and you're like, well, oh my God. And then God. all the close-ups too. The close-ups yes. are and like then, very yeah. claustrophobic. And then, he, and then he jumps to the close-ups and it's just, it's such an excellent use of the camera where we could have just had static shots of the character walking around. This made everything so much more engaging and you felt the anxiety of anything could happen at any moment. And Basically, it's, you know, that's director, what, yeah, that's great. director, cinematographer combo really know how mm-hmm. to frame shots to create meaning. And I, I really yeah. appreciated that. So this is uh director Jordan Downey's, I believe it's his first feature film. Downey Jr. Yep. Uh, Jordan Downey Jr. Uh, <laughs> he did a couple other uh, movies. Oh, he did techno Western. That sounds familiar to me. That sounds And thanks killing. What? No way. He did Thanks Killing? What? This is the guy who did Thanks Killing? What? I'm going to keep saying that because I don't believe it. Guys, okay, <laughs> Thanks Killing is a trauma film about a turkey that, that kills people. And the and... turkey's a wisecracking <laughs> idiot who, like, curses at you. Yeah, the turkey's what like Freddy Krueger. What the fuck? He did a Critters, like, short film. Wow. I'm kind of interested is... in Techno Western. Why have I? I feel like I've seen Techno Western. Anyways, so this isn't his first film. I would say, I mean, can we consider Thanksgiving a, 
film. The film, yes, of course. <laughs> Anything is a film, my friend. Anything. Oh, so crazy. Well, I mean... I will say that this film is leaps and bounds better than Thanksgiving, so he's making improvements. <laughs> but yeah. I, I'll watch Thanksgiving again. I mean... Yeah, it's fun. It's really stupid, but it's fun. He skipped Thanksgiving 2. Someone else did that. And then there's Thanksgiving 3. Unless this is a joke, and it's, you know what I mean? Like, that might have been skipped the, yeah, the second one been. and went right to the third one. Jared, we have to, we have to get into this movie. All right, we're going to spoil this movie. You can find it on Amazon. We bought it for five bucks. I did notice that um, it's on AMC+, Plus, which is a premium Amazon channel. And if you haven't subscribed to AM- or AMC+, Plus yet, then you can watch it for free for seven days and then cancel your subscription to AM- AMC+. Plus. Oh, I have already okay, done okay, that nice. with a different film, so I had to pay the five dollars on this uh, film. Gotcha, but gotcha. I, I, I kind of wish I spent the nine dollars to actually purchase it because this film was awesome. Um, yeah, I probably should have just bought this movie. Honestly, but we I don't mean, know. That's I like it a lot. It's yeah. I think it's really good. I would like to have like a behind the scenes, you know, on like oh, yeah. him making the armor and shit. The armor the, is the so fucking cool. Armor is a character in and of itself. Yes, it is. It's so good, and, and it's the leather actor, armor too. Yeah, it's beautiful. The, the fucking actor in this, uh, I'm gonna get his name right now. It is Chris Christopher, Christopher Rye. 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 Yeah, Christopher Rye as yeah, father. And then uh, there's like two other actors in this. There's like a little girl who's his daughter. She has no lines. You see her like open her eyes and close her eyes while she's sleeping. Like that's literally her. And then there's like another guy in the background who's like walking. And it's implied that he had shot an arrow into a tree, and that's how he gets his messages, you know? He, like, and then also, like, the the monster at the end of this film has a voice, and he gets a credit as well. Ah, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, those are all the characters. <laughs> the rest is, like, him killing, like, the heads of monsters. Okay. The so runtime yeah, of this again, film, we're... something that helps the, run, uh, the film, I think, is uh, it's an hour and 15 minutes. So... Uh-huh. I might have already said that, but it, it goes by yeah. really quick and it tells an entire story and it has a twist in it and you feel, you feel gypped. You feel, you feel wronged by the movie because you think it's going to be great, but then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, not really. What do you mean? What do you mean? I mean, he wins, but then he doesn't win. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about the first half of the movie, and then we'll get into the second half. So the first half of this movie, it's incredibly engaging to me because it locks you into that first scene again where he, like, kills that monster and he, like, walks back on on a screen. And then you're kind of thinking, like, oh, wow, how, how, like, brave of them to not show the fight scene. Oh, I guess they're saving it for later. Uh, turns out there, again, what, like what Dan said, there's basically no fight scenes in this whole movie, which I think is, is a plus Honestly, to the the artistic merit and yeah. also the uh, again uh, the limitations of the budget, which I think are just coming together in this beautiful uh, cacophony, if you will, and uh, I think it really really works. Um, I thought the final fight scene was cool. What did you think? I liked it a lot. I I, I mean, just the slow pacing of the I, I don't know. I love the fantasy genre, and yeah. I liked how this incorporated elements of horror into it. So, I mean, whenever I think fantasy, I think Lord of the Rings, I think Skyrim, like, yeah. I could just sit in that scenario, oh. like, old-timey Europe mm-hmm. yeah. that's unexplored like, for it for days. 
This is like fantasy Viking shit, right? Yeah, he's but he but he's like out in the woods. He's not in a boat or anything, and so he is in his little hut. And this is a beautiful. I don't know who built this house. This house is fucking amazing. This crazy like stone cabin thing, like half hybrid, and he's got all these potions. And he's he's like making the potions, and then he's got this den where he has this, like, skeleton chair that he sits in, Mm -hmm. and he has all of these dead monsters that he's beheaded and put on spikes in this room. But it's so methodical. Like, I want to address this. He, um... Every single time he has a bounty that he has to get, the first thing he does is he he has a chest full of wooden pieces, wooden stakes, that he forms Mm -hmm. into stakes with, like, a meat grinder type thing, and then he Mm -hmm. nails that stake to the wall... As his goal of, I'm going to come back with a head, and I'm going to put this head on. And, like, the entire movie, you get to see, like, his his old hunts, his new hunts. There's, and honest, okay, so one thing I do want to bring up here. The head, that's what he's called in the film. The character, the, the head. The villain, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Not the nicest head in, in terms of everything that's been taken so far. Like, the wolf man head. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. The cool, werewolf yeah. head is insane. The um, there was another head that was just like so it kind awesome of like pumpkin head, honestly. Yeah, like there there are so many other great looking heads, but then <laughs> the one we pay attention to is this really weird kind of I don't know iffy alien looking one that I'm yeah, like, why are we like using Silent this one? Hill face yeah. <laughs> with like sharp teeth. And I, I feel bad it, saying that because there, like, in the credits, there's a guy that's like the designer of the head. I'm like, okay, and then I look at the head, I'm like. There were other heads, though. Like, I want to see the other I heads. thought it was cool. It, it's almost like, at some points, the the heads kind of felt a little Halloween-y. Because, mm-hmm. like, he would touch them or slam them into something, and you could see the rubber, like, bouncing in oh, and outwards. it was so good. I liked I li- it. I mean, I liked it. I liked it. But that was the only time I got taken out of the movie a little bit. But it wasn't that big of a deal. So what I'll say is, he's doing these things. And at first, he's doing it for his daughter. And you're like, okay, he's doing this... He's hunting these monsters because he wants to avenge his daughter and finally have her soul be put to rest. But I started to realize, I don't know if you picked up on this or if I'm just making things up in my head. It feels like it, be, it starts to become more about him it's than actually getting revenge yeah. for his daughter because he is going and like I, we're assuming the king or the kingdom is summoning him giving him a task. He goes and kills the monster. He doesn't even do anything with the gold. He just throws the gold in the chest. He doesn't give a fuck about the gold. he takes the gold, throws it in there, and he has this war, you know, his trophy room. It's becoming more about him killing these monsters and having, like, you know, I'm better than these monsters. Think about the superficial conversations he has with his daughter's grave. Yeah. Like, he's like, here's this trinket. It's supposed to do this in the afterlife. And then he moves on. And then he comes uh-huh. back. He's like, I made you this. It, it, like, it does definitely feel like, you know, the daughter's a presence in his motivation, but his motivation has just become himself. Like, yeah, at, maybe at first he wanted to avenge his daughter, but now that he's killed so many monsters, it just, it's who he is. Yeah, like he is the monster. Oh, what? I wanted to know, and we don't really get to find this out, but after he avenges his daughter... Was he going to keep being a monster hunter? I like don't know. that was the big question because if he just kept doing it, I think so. I like, think what that's what is he even doing? I think that's what's implied. It's like was his whole life just going to be I'm going to keep killing monsters like until he dies. I'm like is man. he ever just going to rest? Cuz no. it's like 
in the flow of the film, he prepares, makes potions, horn is sounded, he goes, he gets his horse, he rides off, kills the monster, comes back, he's wounded, uses the potion, passes out, wakes up, he's healed, he feels terrible, he pisses like... Like wait, black wait, I want to say this. That's what dick. I wanted to talk about. That's that's sure. the one thing that I'm so confused about in this film. Okay, mm-hmm. so he makes these potions. They're like big yeah. mason jars full of potions. And it has it has a lot to do with like boiled animal remnants and then like rotting yeah. corpses of animals. He makes this kind of, I don't know, catch-all remedy potion that he comes home like just battered and just torn up like open wounds and the makeup mm-hmm. is pretty awesome anyway it's fantastic he spreads this black nasty mixture on his wounds and it mm-hmm. hurts him like he he's like ah fuck anyway he does all that and then the next day he's all better and his he only mm-hmm. has like a little bit of scars i'm all better i want to come back inside <laughs> anyway he i was thinking a potion seller potion, potion seller, seller. That one scene in the movie is so confusing to me because there's a scene where he he's like, it's implied that he's taking a piss, I guess. And mm-hmm. this black juice that he's been spreading on his body is coming. Like, what is that? Can you explain that scene to me? I, I think it's just like fantasy of this fantasy potion works. It is painful and it is inside his entire body and it's coursing through him. Because how I so was understanding it is. Okay. Yeah. This the potions that he's making are from the things he's killing, is what I understand. So he is actually gaining vitality and strength through the things that he is murdering. You cannot handle my so, potion, Traveler. <laughs> pretty much. And he is becoming literally the monster because he's ingesting it and he's got a and I, I loved it. I loved him like how it hurt him and he's pissing it out Dude, and how nasty and I, sick I loved it, was. it too. How did you like that one scene. Okay, so the first time he goes out, he's all fucking torn up on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. The second time he goes out, he just kind of hobbles in. He, he he walks in and he he looks fine, but then he takes off his helmet and his face is just covered in just wounds. It and was, the way they do his nose, how it looks all oh cut my up, God. it's amazing. The special... the. Effects are so good. As soon as he took off the helmet, I literally had to say out loud, whoa. Like, it was, it <laughs> surprised me so much. Yeah. And the way that pattern increases and keeps getting more mm. and more, it it brings up the tension because you're like, he can't keep this up. He just, he just keeps hammering and hammering away at this. It's like, when is this going to end? It's almost like he's in his own hell. And m- remember when he... He finally goes out on the mission to kill the monster that killed his daughter, and he's sitting with the corpse. Mm-hmm. He's there's like a campfire where a corpse was, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna camp oh. here with him." He's like, "Hey, what killed you?" He's like talking to the corpse. He's like, "Was it a troll?" He's like, "You know what killed me?" He's like, "A little girl. That's that's who killed me." <laughs> and it's like, "Yeah, he has been dead. He hasn't really been living a life. He's yeah. just been killing monsters every day." And then, okay, so that one scene, like he's like, "No, there's no way it was a troll because trolls are it'd be too far north for a troll." But then mm-hmm. it cuts to like a CGI troll walking in the background in the darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Oh my god, that's fucking awesome. Okay, yeah. so Jared, let's like, let's move into what I want to move into, which is. How Hell fucked yeah. up this movie gets. This movie gets yeah. very, very messed up and very, very disturbing. Um, so, we start with... We have to preface this. It's established in the film that he has a creaky window that blows in the wind. 
that. Oh, is it ever established? This is <laughs> fucking established the shit. It's probably one of the detriments of the movie. It's like, okay, movie, we fucking get it. But, but, well, it annoys him in the film, and yeah. I kind of like. I mean, I know. It, it wasn't as soon that as bad he, for me. as soon as he looked at it, I'm like, okay, as long as they're acknowledging that this is ridiculous, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But what happens is we we get established that it's strong enough to knock over a jar, and he has like a jar mm-hmm. of like what cocoa powder or whatever there. Yeah, and that gets cocoa knocked pebbles. over, and then you're like, okay, I guess that was nothing. But then later on. He puts a discarded, not a discarded jar, but a half-empty jar of his concoction, his healing mm-hmm. concoction up there. Go-go so, juice. So, of course, that's going to come into play later. But anyway, he goes out, and there's this amazing, amazing scene. He comes back, throws the head on the ground, goes to rest, and then the um, window knocks over mm-hmm. the fucking concoction, and the concoction lands on the head. And you're like, wait, is it going to... Uh... Is it going to uh, let let the monster live? And then the monster, yeah. guys, mm-hmm. the monster is not just a head. It's a head and a spinal cord. He's and, like, I'm back, baby. And it comes to life and it goes out. And the first thing it does. <laughs> is it is help Santa deliver presents yes. because he needs help. He only has four fucking elves, Dan. He only has four <laughs> fucking elves to deliver every goddamn present in the entire world. How does he do it? How does he do it? He finds the daughter's corpse and then... Oh, I mean, yeah, that happens. And then commandeers the daughter's corpse to walk and escape. Oh, no! Oh, no! It's so messed up. It's so crazy. And then he comes back in in and he, like, sees, you know, the trail of blood. And he's like, oh, shit. (laughs) So, throughout the corpse coming to life because it, it is just a head with the spine and it kind of like moves like an inchworm around the ground, but it can talk and it goes body body. I kind of like, and that. that's cool. But as soon as he said that, I immediately thought, Oh, he's going to take over the little girl. And then it became like 10 to 15 minutes of me just waiting for that to happen. And this is probably the slowest part in the film. Even though I enjoyed a lot of it, I just feel like maybe we could have cut that down. Okay, just fair a enough. Couple minutes because it was just a lot of him like walking around with the torch, which was good. But then it, it's like he'd walk around, find a thing, walk around, find a thing. It just happened a little too much to me. That was just establishing dread because it's completely pitch dark. He's searching around for this this thing that he doesn't know its capability yet, right? Mm-hmm. And it leads him to one of the best scenes in the movie where he's going into the cave and he's trying to, you know, get to the sanctum of the cave. But as he goes through it, the caves get smaller. So he has to shed some armor. That and cave was amazing, by the way. What a great set. So well shot, too. Or a location shot. It's wherever that so was. Well shot. It's so good. And just the horror that comes with it because the guy or the the monster in the in the girl's skeleton like mm-hmm. crawls on the walls and shit and it's like oh that my CG god that cg was so good so there's not a lot of cg in this movie i think maybe they used some cg for some of the backgrounds to like mm-hmm. enhance to enhance some of the establishing shots or whatever but the the little cg in this uh, was so fucking great cuz like you you just see the silhouette of the monster and he's like crawling in the ro- in the wall God damn it, it was so good. And, and, then, and then he's like fighting this thing in this tiny corridor. But what's, what, yeah, exactly. So oh. you get the really tiny fight scene in that corridor, mm. like the claustrophobia. The really tiny fight scene. But 
what's so messed up about it is it's his daughter's corpse and he has to desecrate mm-hmm. it to to win and to live and it's oh yeah. it's so heavy yeah. it's oh it's yeah. gross the entire reason he was fighting now he's like fighting with again it. the thing that's basically already killed his spirit to begin with then oh. Jared, and, he, uh, he comes home yeah after winning he mm-hmm. puts his daughter to rest again oh and that scene my favorite scene in the film all i, I think it did i think i teared up at the scene I got sad. Yeah, I was so a sad boy. So basically, he puts the the daughter's corpse, the skeleton, back in the hole, and he's covering it with dirt. And as he's covering it with dirt, it is intercut or crosscut with a previous scene in the film where he's covering her with a blanket and she's still alive. And that mm-hmm. made my heart just sink. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to say too is. When he in that first scene when he kills the monster and they're in the snow and he comes back to check on his daughter and he's like covering her and tucking her in, his he didn't realize that his hands were covered in blood. Mm-hmm. So he looks up and his hands are just soaked, right? Yeah. And then it cuts back to the blanket and there's some blood on the blanket. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, ooh, is that what like drew the monster to her or something? Maybe, like, oh, yeah. the blood. I just thought it was cool that that uh, you know that little play there they did. But yeah, how fucked up was that? Man, so and like we don't even know anything about the little girl, and I was still super sad just because of how attached he or was. Or her deadbeat mom. I was attached to him. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> deadbeat moms, am I right? Come on. I'm just kidding. Anyway. Uh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she probably died to like a monster. She a year probably before. was the monster. Oh, I mean, what if they just had a bad maybe, custody so battle? Like Beowulf's, uh, he's having sex with Grendel's mom or whatever. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. Anyway. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, so should, should, can we spoil the end or should we just let people experience it? The ending really took me by surprise. Maybe we I should was, just save it. Okay. The ending is worth seeking out. Like it is worth yeah. the $5 you spend. It's only an hour and 15 minutes. It it blew my mind. I knew it was coming. Like I yeah. saw it coming. I'm, as soon mm. as I saw, it, I'm like, oh my god, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. I didn't see this ending coming. Okay, it's so good. I was like floored. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, what a fun ending. Seeing this film, I'm like, please make more movies. This movie was so fucking great. I don't know. Like, people need to throw money at this guy so he can make more shit. I could have watched the whole TV series about this world. Yeah. And, like, people living in it. And it's like it's like an even darker version, like a dark, gothic, Viking version of The Witcher. I was going to say, Witcher! And <laughs> without all the, the fun sex, which we could add CG sex into the background. It's fine. We'll figure it out. Um... You know, I just, I think they really need to get rid of the whole Santa tie-in, though. I don't think that made any sense to the film. Like, I really don't get why he had to, like, have this little girl there who's like, oh, my dad's Santa, but I hate Christmas. It's like, just cut all that out, right? It's like, why is that there? But other than that, this movie is fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, go seek it out. The go Headhunter. Go seek it out? Dude. Like, Go see Get Out. Get Out was, what, five years ago now? <laughs> hey, this movie was like four years ago. This came out in 2018. Yeah, you're right. It's 2021 you're right, you're right. now. Anywho, 
thank you all for watching. Appreciate you, Dan. Why don't you do them plugs? Yes, you can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. Um, that is where filmmakers submit us their films, and we watch them films for the filmmakers. Now, if you are a filmmaker and you... Um, We'll say this: If you want to, if you want to, if you want your film to be reviewed by us, <laughs> psst, psst, quicker, psst, quicker you, than hey, normal. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa! Our turnaround time is about six months now. If that's too long for you, <laughs> uh, we have this 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 system called Patreon. And do a stage I, whisper, okay? Like we are talking. I don't think anybody's voice. heard of Patreon. Shut up. There's this thing called Patreon, and it's this website that we found, and I, I, not a lot of people are on it. Anyway, you donate to us $5, and we put your film, if you're a filmmaker, on a shorter waiting list. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer six months. Instead, it's about, like, I don't know, two weeks so far. Five months. <laughs> it's about two weeks. One week, one to two weeks, usually. But then, here's the big problem, is if... So we've been getting a steady pace of Patreons, which is amazing, by the way. It's fucking fantastic. But the issue is if we get a bunch in a row, then we're going to start our own big fucking list. Yeah. So I don't know. I would say get in while it's it's still cheap to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might have to change the prices soon because it's getting kind of outrageous. Uh, we're, it's like we're starting a whole new fucking list and defeating the purpose. Some might say I, I didn't think it through. Um, but, uh, <laughs> hey, I really appreciate everyone listening and and participating and sending their films you can always send a film to us for free we're gonna watch it eventually and review it um because that's what the show is we want to we want to find people who have made art who have made something and they're like i want this to get out there i want people to fucking see it and talk about it and that's what we're here to do and we're doing it for the love of the game you know we're just a couple of couple of scrappy kids out here helping santa you know because he needs it he needs it Guys, the Necropoticon.com is the uh, network that we are affiliated with. They are fantastic. I love them so much. I am on a show called Sons of the Fathers. I play a man who is maybe a con artist. Definitely a con artist. And uh, he's. Uh, it's so, it was so much fun doing it. Well, I'm still doing it, but... Uh, the first season, the first story arc with my characters is coming out right now. Um, I'm so excited. I really want people to check it out. Sons of the Fathers. I think you're going to, you're going to like the way you look. Uh, I guarantee it. And, um, that's it, Dan. Yes. You have to find a word. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and you get a monster head. And you get a monster head. What's that? I'm imitating Oprah. You get a lump of coal. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Merry Check monster under your, head. Your chair. Oh. It's, it's a monster head. All right. Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.